it, it, it doesn't really look good when, you know, we're, we're like, you know, showcasing a 4K TV. Yeah. And the video's not in 4K. Yeah. You know, like, you know, or, I mean, that might be an extreme example, but, you know, I, I think it's, you know, we have to be on top of all of that. And I think, yeah, like, quality is definitely one of those things that, especially if the bar's already been set, you know, you kind of have to yeah. match it. Welcome to the Golden Hour Podcast, brought to you by Polar Pro. I'm your host, Dave Mays, and today's guest is Ken Bolito. Ken is a cinematographer, graphic designer, YouTuber, and creative director for Austin Evans' YouTube channel, which has almost 4 million subscribers. He's also starting a channel from the ground up with Austin Evans called This Is, and he also hosts the IGTV channel for Austin Evans. If you're unfamiliar with Ken and Austin Evans, basically they make tech review videos that gather millions of views. I personally met Ken at a Sony press event that I was invited to and we really hit it off. I invited Ken to come to the Golden Hour podcast to tell us about his journey as a YouTuber and creator online and I really enjoyed hearing the behind the scenes of what it's like to run a YouTube channel with well over 3 million subscribers. If you're somebody who wants to be a full-time internet creator then this episode is going to be great for you. I definitely nerded out quite a bit on this episode because I am a full-time YouTuber myself so talking to somebody like like Ken was just a treat. While we're on the topic of YouTube channels, we actually are posting the highlights of this show on the Polar Pro YouTube channel. So if you haven't subscribed to the Polar Pro YouTube channel yet, then make sure to head over to YouTube and subscribe to that channel to see some highlight clips of this show. So without any further ado, let's listen in to my interview with Ken. So tell me about your story, because I really only know you at this point current point in time where right. you're working with Austin and I've seen you off and on at these conventions and stuff. Right. Like, tell me your story. Like, are you a filmmaker? Are you a, uh, you said you did some, you do thumbnails. So are you a graphic designer? Yeah. Like, kind of give me the summary of you and wh- how you started. Yeah. So I've, I've always made videos. Um, I started YouTube, um, actually a couple of days before Austin did, oddly enough. Which was um, when? What year so was that, that was, um, that was like early April of 20 or uh 2009 okay so it, it, it's it's been 10 years wow um i mean big milestone for austin but like you know thinking about it even for me like just thinking about how i got started like i i had like a um a codec zi8 yeah that i started with so like just at the advent of you know hd hitting youtube uh-huh. <laughs> Um, was that like a little flip cam kind of thing? Yeah, it, it was like a, it was basically Kodak's answer to uh, to flip. Yeah, um, I think so, I had one of those too myself. Yeah, you know, it, it, it had was a pretty big screen on it. it yeah, it had a gr- big screen. The I think one of the reasons why I loved it a lot was because it had a, a macro switch on it. Mm-hmm. So um, I mean, this was before I, I had the concept of like like what shallow depth of field was and yeah, stuff. But I mean, like you know, just just like even just getting closer mm-hmm. to what I wanted to show was really really neat. Um, so that was, that was pretty much, um, like the gear that I started with. I, I was doing tech content, mm-hmm. um, as the start, um, it, it started as a tech blog that happened to have a YouTube channel and it ended up being okay. the other way around. Wow. Um, and mind you, um, this is me in like freshman year of high school. So like, yeah. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, yeah. <laughs> but, um, it, it was cool because I, I had a lot of fun doing what I was doing. I was trying to figure it out on my own. Like a lot of what I did was self-taught. So I, 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 you know, torrented Final Cut Pro 7, <laughs> try to figure out, you know, 
how to edit. Yeah. Um, eventually, you know, I figured out how to use Premiere. Um, got my first DSLR T2i. Nice. Um, Magic Lantern it at some oh, point. Dude, yeah. Like I had that camera for like probably like five or six years. Yeah. No, that that was that was my workhorse. The same sensor as the 7D, which was yes, it much did. more expensive cameras. So yeah. You're getting very similar results. Yeah, and you know, even just like having prime lenses and stuff, it was a different yeah. look at the time. Oh yeah. Um, and it, it, it's it's actually really funny because in around 2010, um was when I, my channel started to pick up a little bit. Um, it was then when um, Austin actually found my channel. And he he featured me as one of like his list of upcoming YouTubers nice. of that year. And I, was, and I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, it's something <laughs> I wouldn't have expected. Yeah. Um, nor did I think that, you know, I'd end up where I am at now. <laughs> um, but... So yeah, pretty much like I did tech for like three or four years. Like once I got to my senior year of high school, you know, f focusing on, you know, like college apps and, you mm -hmm. know, SATs and stuff, I, I couldn't really focus on YouTube as much. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, I kind of, you know, left it in the back burner, um, actually ended up getting into anime at that time. Okay. Um, and I guess I was more motivated at that point to do anime videos for some reason, um, like videos about anime? Or, yeah, so... It, or it, it, create it's, your own anime? Well, I wish it was create my own anime. I didn't have the nice. patience to animate myself. I, yeah. I can't draw for my life. <laughs> um, but what I did was I actually started collecting anime figures. Mm -hmm. um, and once I, once I, you know, figured out, you know, what my hobby was and what I like to do, I tried to find ways to transition myself from... Um, making tech videos to actually going like full on like this is going to be you know anime content for for like for the foreseeable future yeah and i think what solidified it was uh <clears throat> there's uh one anime that i that i watched uh that that really got to me called uh clanad after story and the whole thing is that it, it, it the the long story short is that it's it's like a tearjerker like mm -hmm. um it, it's it's the one that makes men cry you know <laughs> um i like i don't think i've cried for anything before that really wow um and it was literally like the week after i watched that i got accepted into film school oh cool yeah so what school was that? um that was uh it's so i went to rit rochester institute of technology mm -hmm. they have a wonderful film program um, nice. And because it's a technical school, a lot of it really just boils down to teaching you how to use a camera from day one. Mm. Like, you know, they don't, you don't really dabble too much into, you know, theory and all mm -hmm. that for, you know, story writing. I mean, you, you do, but it's not as much of a focus. Mm -hmm. um, they literally handed us a Bolex day one. It was like, here, <laughs> oh, you know, wow. like here, go, 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 go shoot, shoot some film. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's, they, they basically laid the groundwork for me to... To not only um, practice my craft, like learn, like taking what I learned from my classes, mm -hmm. um, but like it. Basically, I, I took what I learned in my classes and applied it to uh, the videos that I wanted to make around anime figures. So, I mean, I wouldn't call, some some people like to call them stop motion. There's really no motion in the videos that I made regarding anime figures. It's basically like like showcase pieces, like you would see for any product review. But for an anime figure. Okay. But, like, I'd make, like, dioramas for it. Yeah. You know, so I'd, you know, I'd go to, like, Hobby Lobby or Michael's. I'd, you know, grab, like, you know, fake grass or, <laughs> yeah. or you know, build a house or something or, um, you know, buy 
cardstock i'd build like cardstock with like like oh, yeah. um like sky back for like yeah, sky yeah. backdrops and stuff and then I, I just you know like grab whatever lamps were in my college apartment and just you know just play around with That's lighting cool. and stuff and you know I, I i would do this for like weeks and weeks on end for like three years and i started wow. getting recognition from the actual figure companies themselves like they started commissioning me yeah, to promote their stuff better than their own photos you know? yeah no and it, i i think the the most interesting thing is that i took like what was essentially my hobby i turned it into not necessarily i wouldn't call it a job because i didn't really make money i i lost actually more money than i probably made so you're spending a lot on the equipment yeah i was spending a lot on equipment i was spending a lot on you know making the sets and of course buying the figures um but i kind of saw it as hey like this is a this is like proof of what i can do this is kind of like my yeah. i guess in, in essence a portfolio for like what i could do yeah. for something else and um that's actually how i got my job like austin didn't really like watch my figure stuff he didn't he wasn't really he wasn't really into anime that much um how i got my job was really funny because jonathan morrison actually flew me out to la to work for a side project that he was doing and obviously with Austin being in very close proximity to John, basically the, the, the long story short is I was helping out John with the project. Austin was also helping out. Mm-hmm. And in, in that trial period, Austin stole me for a day to see how that would work. Because uh-huh. at the time, like Austin was just working by himself and he knew he had to hire someone. Yeah. And... John realized that it was working out between me and Austin, so he kind of pushed me in Austin's direction. Um, and the rest is really history. Like, nice. basically, um, the week after John flew me out from New York, um, like Austin's like, "Yeah, like well, let's let's talk about Heck like yeah. what it takes to get you out here to L.A." What year was that? This is 2016. Okay, so pretty much I like uh, unlike a lot where's of my the, where's the channel in terms of growth at that point for austin or for me for austin for austin so i think i don't exactly remember the subscriber count i think it was probably like somewhere around like two million if i had to guess two million you were and, his first hire yeah so i was his first hire and it's it's interesting to see because like I mean, like th- this is probably something that he he wouldn't want people to know, but I'll say anyway. <laughs> is um, he's probably cool with it? Maybe yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Um, he, he like he he didn't really pay me like amazing at first because he I mean he, he you know this is the first time he, you know he's hiring someone he didn't really know like yeah. what good rates were he just wanted to hire someone. Um, this is also when he was, you know, getting accounts and stuff for his business. Like he's legitifying everything. So, like the first six months that I was working there, I started, you know, taking the reins on some stuff. You know, trying to take the load off of what he was doing. You know, just, you know, just being another person there, yeah, naturally helps that. Um, so our output was larger. Um, the quality of the videos went up a bit. Um, obviously, I started making thumbnails at that point, so like videos were doing better because yeah. I'm better at thumbnails than Austin. Yeah. Is. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but the um, the the thing that that really um, made me realize like things were going really well was like he 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 called me in for a meeting one day and he's like, so I had a I had a talk with our um, our YouTube accountant. And um, I need to give you a large raise. 
because <laughs> we're also we're not paying you enough but also like i showed them the social blade graph of our growth and they were like yeah you're not paying him enough <laughs> but like it, it, but i i didn't know but what he was talking about because i didn't i didn't look you at didn't the, know either i didn't look at the social gra- uh, social blade graph uh, at mm-hmm. the time like i wasn't following it that closely and he showed me the graph and it was like you, you could kind of see it like as like a small like flat line like going like this uh-huh. and then like i joined in june and then like we were looking at it in in like october or something literally the graph was like this for like wow. views so it just it totally it just, shot up it totally shot up and you know like i i don't want to like speak for talent but like i think it just goes to show like just having a team is important you yeah. know because like i mean doing it by yourself you know there obviously there are advantages to it but there are uh, like a lot of disadvantages as well like it's it, it is definitely in a situation where like the the star aligned for Austin where he he saw you know he, he not that he was stagnating but he saw the opportunity for growth yeah. and he you know he wanted to capitalize on it and I think that that's kind of the the cool thing about Austin as a boss is that you know he he's one of those guys where he he thinks like he thinks things over like five times over just to make sure you know he doesn't misstep but he's also not afraid to take risks Mm-hmm. So it it kind of leads to this thing where like you know we I think he has a good intuition of like picking his battles, mm-hmm. um, and I think I, I I respect that as a boss or as a as an employee because like I I can trust that you know he's not just going into things you know randomly I like we're not going to come into the office tomorrow and ev- like you know everything's flipped over all of a sudden like we know we're we're not down one office or yeah all of a sudden we're 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 not like moving to like Alabama or something you yeah, know yeah. <laughs> you know it's I I I have a good sense of what he can do what he wants to do mm-hmm. um but also you know it, it it's he's very good at changing things up appropriately to make things interesting and, you know, to keep things moving forward, which is, which is great. So let's talk about <clears throat> like why it, the social blades shot up like crazy. What are some of the things that you've, you took from your experience with your channel and with your um, figurines and, and your film school experience? What are some of the things that you applied immediately to his channel to, to make it grow? I think the the one thing that I learned with my figurine content is that I think tr- efficiency is like the biggest thing. I think with mm-hmm. my figure stuff, I never I never got a lot of views on it, but I I knew relative to what I was doing like what did well and what didn't do well. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just like making sure that we do what we do and get it done on time. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think like, like initially, you know, Austin would, you know, stay in the office to like midnight and, you know, like videos would, would like get done like really late, which, which was fine. Like as long as they got done, but you know, when you have like one really long night, and then, you know, that turns into two really long nights. Like, all of a sudden, you know, your your energy just gets drained for the week. And that kind of yeah. kills your motivation a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just, some like, one of the things that I learned with my figurines, especially, like, like you know, seeing in practice working with Austin is, like, making sure that, you know, y- y- your mind is going at 100% and that you don't lose that motivation to keep going. Yeah. Um, because that is that is everything. Once you have that that, like that energy all wasted then you know it only makes the next video harder so just 
trying to attack it at 100% is like always yeah. been key. Because I, I, with all that figure stuff, especially having to build sets and, yeah. you know, not having proper deadlines because I was only making them for myself. Yeah. You know, after a while, you know, spending a week just making one video and like, to like, like maybe a hundred or two hundred dollars wasted as a college student, like, <laughs> you know, e even for as much as I love those videos, it was tiring. Yeah, yeah. So I bet I took I took like that bit of it and made sure that you know I applied it to mm. what I was doing with Austin, just so you know it you know things moved a little smoother. And then, did before. So you went to film school. Is that really where you, you just learned how to use like real cameras, learned how to light, things like that? I think I, I knew the basics of camera stuff going into film school. Like not yeah. so much the lighting aspect, but um, since I, I used DSLR well before going, yeah, well before going into um, college, I think I, I got, I knew how the camera worked. Mm -hmm. Um, the lighting was the thing that, that was the hardest thing to get down. And I, I actually didn't really fully, fully, fully understand until I started working for Austin, but film school, like a hundred percent helped me out on that. Um, our lighting guy, Wes actually is one of the guys that I worked with in college. I actually brought him on the team Nice. and he he is our lighting guy for a reason. He's he's that that uh, film school guy that you know you give him you give him like ten lights and he'll spend like you know a day trying to figure out you know how each of them works and then you know he'll he'll spend like too much time on the setup. You know it's it, it, like I can't I can't tell you like how many days I've been on set with that guy and how many directors he's kind of annoyed because he's very particular he's very very particular which is a great thing i mean yeah. you know when you're when you're rushing like not so much but he's very very particular which is which is you know yeah. again like really great because you guys have a set and it's it's a set set right yeah so... and you know it's film school so you know we, we want to experiment with stuff you know oh, yeah. like you know school, yeah. yeah like people people are more like forgiving i guess maybe maybe it's maybe it's like you know I don't know if it's it's not necessarily ignorance, but it's it's more like naivety, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's like you know you're more willing to let things go because you want the project to be as perfect as possible. Yeah. Um, he would take so much time on lighting, but that in essence also taught me how to light because mm -hmm. you know I'd I'd like grip for him essentially, and you know he'd tell me like here point this light over here, point this light over here, and you know it it, it was like kind of those is kind of that thing where I got to like firsthand see like and a b like what different types of lighting look like mm -hmm. and i would take that and also just apply it to my figure stuff as well and i think that's kind of the most invaluable thing about like i guess my my film school experience is that you know i i, I met all these people that kind of taught me how to do this stuff and you know the stuff that i didn't know was just kind of reinforced by mm -hmm. all these people as well um, I wish I could say that the classes taught me stuff, but I feel like just being on set in a film school was really what yeah. pushed me to learn stuff. Absolutely. Um, I might have, I might have like deviated off the original question. I don't really exactly <laughs> oh, no, remember no, where okay. I... <laughs> no, I, I can relate to that because I, uh, I wanted to start doing more production stuff, and so I started kind of paing and hanging around a guy named Seth Worley. Do you know who he is? Ah, uh, I don't. Uh, he works for a company called Red Giant. Um, oh, oh, yeah. He did all the short films for them. I don't know if you've ever seen any of those. I might have at some point. They were, kind yeah. of, that, they were pretty popular, yeah. you know, six, seven years ago. But yeah, um, he lived in Nashville, and I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, originally. Oh, nice. And 
yeah so just being on set and just seeing other directors direct seeing other gaffers light uh you know it's just so valuable yeah like it's it's i think that that, like i mean i guess maybe that that's kind of a theme of this conversation is that like you can only do so much by yourself like even if it's just being around other people like Mm -hmm. i mean creativity is not just you it's you know there's always influence somewhere yeah um that's that's I think like the biggest thing I could always attribute something that I I have with my talents to mm-hmm. other people like I, I like to think that I didn't I wasn't you know born on this earth with natural born talent is you know <laughs> oh man everybody's got uh, something no, I, <laughs> I mean I mean maybe but you know I, I, I you know I, I don't know maybe maybe that's just who I am but like I, I never really saw myself like that it's it's yeah. always like I I always want to strive to be better than mm-hmm. what I was 10 minutes ago or like yeah. a year ago. Right. That's good. So like, you know, I, and I think that that's kind of maybe that, maybe that's my talent is just trying to be better. Yeah. And you, <laughs> you obviously, know? you have your know. own, you have interests. And so you're attracted to those things and you have a good work ethic. So yeah, at least I try. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I was just listening to, uh, Conan O'Brien's podcast. Mm. He was interviewing Howard Stern. Oh, and, there we uh, go. <laughs> yeah, I think it was actually Howard Stern's first podcast he's ever done, which is really interesting. Wow. <laughs> um, but he talked about how like he would, Howard would be in a room with like, you know, Jimmy Fallon and Lauren Michaels and Steve Martin. And he's like, I shouldn't be here. Like these guys are next level. Right. But like Conan was saying, we all feel that way. Like even people like Conan O'Brien and Howard Stern, who are like for us, you know, celebrities and they're way, way, way ahead of where we, we are. Right. Like they still work really hard to do what they're doing. Like their success, even though they're naturally gifted, like, is mostly from hard work, right? Because you don't you don't want to like take that take that stuff for granted too, yeah. right? Like, I think I'm I'm very I was very fortunate to have a job lined up right after school to begin with. Um, that's something that I never wanted to take for granted at all. So straight out of film school, Austin yeah. Hardy. So um, that whole story about when John um, flew me out for that tryout, mm-hmm. um, that was in april of like my graduating year so like i mean i was already looking for jobs like yeah. john actually flew me out in the middle of a, a school week so i had to actually like take a week <laughs> off school to how did, do this how did jonathan find you um so he actually knew me through my tech content as well um one of my biggest videos on that channel before it switched to anime stuff was um I bought a Retina macbook pro the first model of it that in came 2012? out in 2012 yeah <laughs> yeah um and I reviewed it, nice. and there were some, in in his words, next level shots in it. Nice. Um, you know, I, I tilted the tripod a little bit. It was like really weird, like Inception, like for for whatever reason. I don't know. It's cool. it was for a laptop. Yeah. But he really liked. He saw something. Yeah, he saw something, and you know, John, John is John's like obviously like really talented. Like he has a really particular eye for shots when it comes to his videos, and he, he was one of the first guys on it for cinematography way back in the day for, for tech stuff. Yeah. So that was really big for me when he commented on that video, not only was I, you know, really, you know, proud of myself for that video, but he, uh, him commenting on it actually made it one of my most viewed videos on that channel. Um, and so that, that also got me a, a Twitter follow. Nice. So one of my friends, um, that uh that i knew way back in the day doing tech stuff he does video game stuff now he 
DM'd me on Twitter and was like, hey, I don't, I don't know if you still follow Jonathan Morrison, but he's looking for someone that's in Southern California to hire for video stuff. I'm like, oh, well, I'm looking for a job. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll hit him up. Yeah. And since I had him in DMs already, like, hey, Perfect. I mean... Wait, that's how I got you on here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, exactly. It, it works. Um, hey, tw- I mean, Twitter is a really important networking tool. I know. No, but because of that DM, I I replied to Jonathan. I was like, hey, like, I mean, I'm not in California yet, but I'm I'm looking for, I'm, I'm looking for a job, and I'm going to be out in LA anyway. Yeah. Um, like, is this something that you might be interested? in? And he's like, yeah. Can you can you fly out next week? And I'm like. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm kind of a college student, so I, I can't I can't exactly afford to fly out. No, I, and he's like, no, I, I mean, I'm gonna fly you out. I'm like, I, I, oh, I, wow, I, yeah. I can I can take a week off school, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> working with these guys, and so like the day I get in, like the the video that they're working on is uh, the 12 inch MacBook came out. Oh, the brand new. The, uh, yeah, the, the um, MacBook the, Nothing or the, the MacBook Nothing. Yeah, yeah, the one the one port MacBook when yeah. the, like that the first model of that. Um, and they were, this is the first time they collabed with the what's inside channel. Oh, cool. So they like literally the first errand that they make me run with the team is, uh, we had to go to the Apple store and buy eight MacBooks. Oh, wow. And they were going to tear open one of them. And then the rest of them, they were going to like use for reviews and stuff. And I'm like, already, this is a really interesting day. <laughs> I never thought, I never thought I'd be flying to California in the middle of April <laughs> to buy eight MacBooks, yeah. tear open one of them. But I think like I, I think I think one of the reasons why that that day worked out so well and why I think I made a good impression was uh, something that RIT taught me in the program uh, while I was there was hey if you if you're going out for like a job tryout like you go out for a job tryout like you make sure that you know you're a hundred percent like mm-hmm. show off your work ethic like make sure that they know that you're you're there to work. Yeah. And literally like while I was there, not only was I running the errands, but I was like running sound. Like I, I took point on, on things that were outside my call of duty or at least what, what they had asked me to do. I just was like, Hey, do you want me to do anything? Do you want me to record sound? Like, is there anything I can help with? And they're like, yeah. And Austin was there. Yeah. And Austin was there, you know, watching it too. He was like, "Hmm, I need to hire someone. Yeah. No, exactly. (laughs) You know, like, you know, I did things like, you know, once they were done shooting, like I'd I'd clean up the set, you know, just Mm. reset everything back. Like they, they, that was like when they came to talk to me uh, after the first day, they were like, that was the one thing they were surprised about was the fact that I was actually like cleaning up the set at the end. Yeah. You know, I mean, do you still do that? I wish I could say I was more on top of it. <laughs> you know, I say I say I say I don't want to take things for granted, but that that maybe that's one of the things I take for granted. That's one of the things that Wesley yells at me about because he he's uh, not only our lighting and color guy, but also our set manager. And he's like, "Put away your stuff. Yeah, yeah. Put the table back where it's supposed to be." I'm like, "But it's six. But that was what I did when I was applying for my job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm just no it, it's it's one of those things where you know I look back and I'm like. Yeah, it's it, just the littlest things can yeah. make a huge difference for totally. you know your life essentially. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so let's get into nitty gritty YouTube yeah. stuff. No, let's I do love it. it. And you're way ahead of where I. You're dealing with things that I I can't imagine. Where we just hit sixty thousand subs. You know, right? Like well, I'm working well, my butt. I off. mean, good for you though. I mean, <laughs> you're still pushing through. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. it's been a year. So you know, it's, dude, sixty thousand in a year. That yeah. that's great. Really? I mean, look, like. To put things into context, we like, should have had a hundred by the end of the year. So, that, no, really, congrats on that. Because, like, we we have a new channel called This Is, um, and we started that 
in October officially. Mm-hmm. And we just hit, I think, around 140,000 subscribers. Nice. You know, that's, that's with Austin's influence. Yeah. Um, you know, with you guys, you know, like you guys i'm guessing you just like started from the yeah, ground up just zero. just did it you know because you wanted <laughs> yeah. to that's legit yeah. and, it's, and it looks like you're you know you're, you're making your rounds and making connections with all bunches of people which is awesome that's good to as hear. you should be doing you know <laughs> and youtube is all all about networking yeah that, that's really that that's literally half the job we're i feel like it's a completely different kind of thing than traditional film and oh, uh, entertainment in general because like if if you're doing well, I'm doing well. Yeah. Like, it, and it's I've I've noticed that the community of YouTubers in general, like especially maybe we're lucky with our niche, but like at least in the tech space, everybody is really supportive of everybody. Yeah, and I mean especially you know, like when you're around like-minded people. I mean mm-hmm. it makes sense when you're around like-minded people. You know, you you all more or less have the same goal. Like you, you know, yeah. I, I think everyone wants everyone to do well, right? Yeah. Especially like you know with a. You know, I still think of YouTube as, like, kind of, like, tight-knit. Yeah. Like, or at least, like, with communities, you always, they always tend to, you know, you know, have, like, a small yeah. group. You, you, you always see the same well, people at events and well, stuff. The, the you know? Sony event, I think my one of my favorite parts of that Sony A6400 event, by the way, we, you know, we were super lucky. We got to go to Catalina, which is a island. Oh, my God. Uh, it, was it was a gorgeous. lot of fun. And they, they fed us well. We had a good time. Yeah. Um, my favorite part, though, was the boat ride back from from the island back to long beach yeah and it was like you know an hour and a half and everybody on the boat at that point was kind of loose because had some drinks maybe we had good good time the the work part is over and like i just got to bounce around and talk to all these youtubers yeah. that i've seen i've never been able to meet and we all just everybody was just equal no matter what your subscriber base was doesn't matter like I got to talk to I Justine and Sam Sheffer and right. like all these people. Craig Adams got to talk to him. Really love him and yeah, um, it was just really cool and like it felt like wow, I'm a part of this community and everybody's yeah, it, chill. I think it's especially with YouTubers because everyone was at that point, right? Like everyone mm-hmm. started out from you know being really small and mm-hmm. you know for the big guys, you know they obviously they they're at where they're at now. It's it's a kind of thing of like yeah, you know like they know so like you know you always want to like you always want to meet someone that's bigger than you. But then, especially with the YouTubers, whenever I met someone that's bigger than me, they were always, you know, they weren't big, bigger than you personality wise. Yeah. They're, you know, they're like, maybe they were a little more confident, but like they, they're, you know, just as accommodating and nice, you know, and like, yeah. you know, to have conversation with you. It's, it was every experience that I've had with big YouTubers has always been like, you know, more humble than I, yeah. you know, well, it's, it's a humble job in a way because like when you talk to a normal, I hate saying normal person, but somebody right. that isn't a YouTuber uh, and they're like, so what do you do for work? Well, I'm a, I have a YouTube channel. And it's like, what? <laughs> how do you make, you, you, yeah, no, how that's do you make always money? the first question, right? How do you make money with that? Yeah. it's Well, uh, so what? Like people, you get ad revenue? Well, not really. I mean, yes, but that's not how I make my money. Do you sell your soul to <laughs> a company? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way that right now, currently, you know, Squarespace and uh, Storyblocks ad reads are the best way to right. make money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know what the level is for you guys with for, ads for us, and stuff. For us, you know, we're like, you know, people will will have their opinions of this but we kind of toe the line between you know working with brands directly that we also talk about editorially so yeah. it's 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 something that you know we we something that that we're really 
that we try to stay on top on, no matter how many people will think otherwise, is we always disclose the ad mm. um, whenever we do one. Because, you know, we're, we're not afraid to say, hey, like, you're, you're watching something that someone paid for. Like, mm. if if we were afraid of that, then, you know, we probably wouldn't really be where we are now. Yeah. Like, we, like the FTC would probably, you know, knock, you know, knock our door down and, <laughs> yeah. you know, arrest us, right? Yeah. Like, that, <laughs> I don't know about that, but... <laughs> well, or they'll throw a slap us with a heavy fine or something, I don't know. But, you know, it, you know, it, you know, if, you know, if you it's... You didn't disclose that the Hue Lights ad was a, <laughs> was an ad. Yeah, only... You're it, under it, arrest. Yeah. <laughs> For the Hue Lights? I mean, like, they're just in the background. They didn't pay us. As we're cashing the checks. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no, it, it's it's a kind of thing of, you know, where we always disclose the ad. We're not trying yeah. to deceive people. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Austin has a business that he wants to grow and he has his aspirations for where he wants his company to be. Like, we, we're always in that mindset of, I mean, for as big as YouTube is for us, you know, it's not, it's probably not our end goal. Like, you know, we, we want to, we want to like expand to other things, you know, like, yeah. I mean, this is, it's not nothing super specific, but you know, maybe like what, what if tomorrow, like, you know, we're producing like a Netflix show or, yeah. or like an Amazon show or something or, you know, just, just something generally bigger than the productions that we do now. Yeah. You know, we, we don't necessarily think of ourselves as a huge production company and I don't think we're really at that point yet, but I think it's not totally crazy to think that we can be in that position at some point in our journey. And I think it's good to have the groundwork laid for that. And as a result, you know, I think Austin's always in that mindset of, you know, if we have the opportunity to, you know, make money here and there to, you know, save up for, you know, those big moves that we might want to do one day. Yeah. You know, like it's it's kind of hard to say no to some of the stuff that's out there. Yeah. And I think we've been way better about it cuz like obviously the audience is not going to take you know they, they don't want they don't want Austin to be, you know, a a proxy speaker for, you know, for a brand. Yeah. Um so we've been we've been better about that and making sure that, you know, we're not overdoing it. Um but you know, it, it it's just something that, you know, we have to do. Yeah, yeah. So now what's cool is that the sponsored videos are paving way for more interesting like creative content mm -hmm. that's different from what we normally do so like maybe maybe the, the the brand spot that we're doing that pays like x amount of dollars can go towards a really cool project yeah put that like, in a budget for yeah the no exactly production. yeah i mean it could it couldn't it could make for a very interesting um you know side thing like for example um, like again, we have that second channel. This is, and we've been actively trying to grow that. This is has not been monetized for like the longest time because it was just a new channel, mm -hmm. um, and you know we were still experimenting with it. Um, it it by no means was profitable. I think it's it's pretty close to profitable now, which is nice. Um, but you know that's time and resources. You know, yeah. taken away from the main channel to work on our side project. Is that an exit strategy for Austin? Um, it's not. An, I wouldn't call it an exit strategy, but it's you know it's just running things parallel, right? Yeah. Like it's it's just another thing, you know, so that you it know, doesn't have his name on it. He doesn't have his name on it exactly. So he can it can be somebody else. It can be someone else, but I I think we're we're still trying to make it primarily Austin because obviously he has the fan base. Thumbnails. You mentioned that yeah. you do all the thumbnails. I'm a thumbnail nerd. 
I just would love to hear your overall theory. What do you find works best? What are some of the things that you do to make your thumbnail so successful? So, so let's talk about like, let's say Austin has a, a new video coming yeah. out about the new Google pixel three, a right. Okay. Um, go you know make a thumbnail <laughs> what's your process so i guess my my first thought is like the first thing i usually ask austin is what's the title mm-hmm. like wh- what are we focusing on because at the end of the day like i feel like it has to at least accompany the video in some way like it doesn't have to necessarily match up with the title because it could also obviously allude to something in the video yeah but usually the title is a good indicator of so the where google to go. pixel 3a is the best deal phone of the year something like that yeah so right? then then my next thought is okay so yeah what how can i complement that or at the very least i don't sometimes it doesn't even have to necessarily apply like my first thought is like I would put like a dollar sign next to like picture of a pixel, right? Like, yeah. That, that, that's my first thought. But Austin doesn't like text and thumbnails. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's a trend with that too, where I've heard that YouTube's like scanning the thumbnails, and if there is text, oh it's not... yeah, no, like, is that true? So um, I'm gonna deviate a little bit for just the hot sec. It's okay. But like Austin came back from the YouTube Creator Summit in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was like a week or two ago, and he came back to me and was like. This blew my mind. Everyone blew my mind. Because he, he talked to like, like um, he talked to a bunch of like people that work on the back end of stuff. And yeah. basically the... That's why going to those is so valuable. Yeah. Because yeah. you're like, oh, what do you do? I'm an engineer at YouTube. Exactly. Well, well okay, tell me everything. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. He's like, he's like, he's like drinking at the guy, uh, drinking with the guy at a bar. And he's like, you know, he has his phone on the side, like typing up notes. <laughs> you know, and yeah, Austin was telling me like, yeah, they, obviously like they have algorithms for everything, but it goes in so deep. They look at... You know how clickbaity the 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 thumbnail is like is it like bright you know like oh. <laughs> you know like like it's like little things that you don't really think about yeah like text um if you go to like titles it's like you know all, it, it sees that it's all caps it's like okay like how much are you trying to bait in a like weigh everything right you know like it, it that's algorithm, all new yeah the algorithm it? is like really intricate I mean, and they it's, don't it's tell impressive. us <laughs> they don't tell us which you know it's it, people it makes it kind of fun though you know people will complain about it but the thing is is that like if the system was the same all the time, yeah, like you cheat it. Yeah, you can cheat it. Like, and it's tough because obviously yeah. it does. It does. It, it, I have a friend that's a family vlogger. All of his comments are disabled now because of that right. recent controversy. It's like it, it, you know, obviously they they there are a lot of people that that are angry at YouTube for a lot of things, and you know there's some things that are that are warranted, right? Sure. But there are a lot of things that I think people need to give them credit for. Like that, the algorithm for as much as people will complain about, I actually genuinely think that half the time videos don't do well is because maybe the video isn't good or at the very least it wasn't pushed well enough. Yeah. You know, like, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it kind of, it frustrates me, it frustrates me a bit sometimes whenever I see like a viral tweet of like, my video is just not doing well. You know, like, why am I not getting any views, you know, at YouTube creators, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I look at the video, I'm like, the, the thumbnail's, like, not great, the title's not great, like, the video's, like, 40 minutes long, but there's, like, two minutes of substance, like, <laughs> what, like, what were you expecting, you know? <laughs> yeah. it, it's, like, it's not to say that, that that's, uh, you know, a case for everyone, but... Sure. But... It takes hard work, man. You no, know, like, YouTube is a game. Yeah. As you as you as you mentioned, it, it it's absolutely a game, and that's kind of the thing that we like to play, you know. And you know, it's a huge a huge part of that is the thumbnails. Yeah, something that uh, that Austin taught me 
um day one when, whenever he uh taught like he whenever he taught me like the the guidelines of like like how he made thumbnails and like what he expects out of them is he he went to photoshop um and command minus like all the way yeah. to like super 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 small thumbnail size like even smaller than like actual thumbnail size and, uh -huh. and he told me like if you can't make out what the thumbnail is at that size it's not a good thumbnail <laughs> and that's something i never really thought of before it's like yeah people are people you can make the best looking thumbnail in the world like visually it can be visually striking you can like post it on twitter and be like super happy about it but if it doesn't read good as a youtube thumbnail what's the point you know yeah um and so it, it's it's just that kind of thing of like mm -hmm. if i if i have to do things like put text or like you know a dollar sign next to pixel 3a in a mm -hmm. thumbnail the my first thought is yeah like is this just gonna look good small and half the time you know maybe i i, I triple or quadruple check myself and half the time I'm like no this just doesn't work yeah um so usually I just keep it simple. That, mm -hmm. That's usually my, my mindset is, you know, simple color in the yeah. background. Um, maybe maybe a little bit of flair. Like I can mm -hmm. artificially make something look out of focus. So just like smooth the background a little bit. Um, Have you ever looked at movie posters and how I think I, saw, I read an article or something. There's literally like six movie posters and that's about it. When you really think about it, it's like an action movie is uh characters faces with the character running right uh, you know there's I never actually noticed actually like, i never really thought about it's it it's like the the profile and them looking back you know different things like that there's uh if you just go on google and look up like um movie poster design right like there's seriously no matter what movie it is there's a formula of like six or seven yeah i guess it, it is part things. of like a visual language like people yeah. people understand what they're looking at mm -hmm when they see, you know, a particular pose. Yep. I mean, it makes sense. And I think that that's kind of the, the cool thing about playing the game is that, like, ultimately, sometimes, like, not necessarily you have to copy people, but, you know, sometimes, you know, the method might have to be, hey, like, this is how things are going. Yeah. Might have to, like, follow it, like, write a trend for a hot second just yeah. to maybe make something work. Like, I, we switched from really sexy product shots to now my face is in everything. Right. You know. Oh yeah, no, no, that's that's the that's a really good idea actually cuz the that's something that Austin's actually playing around with recently is one of the strategies that we're trying next is um we're going with multiple titles and thumbnails for videos and a being them on the fly. Because the most important statistic right now for Austin is um the click through rate mm -hmm. and impressions. So basically how many people are seeing the, the the video on their feed and how many people are actually clicking on the video based on how appealing it is yeah because if youtube you know if youtube throws your video at like like all of the people that are subscribed to your channel and people have the video in their feed but no one's clicking on it that only tells youtube no one's interested in this video so we're just going to show it on less feeds yeah so so you want more click through. You want more click through. So basically what Austin's trying to do is workshop a bunch of titles and thumbnails. So what within 48 hours? Or? Within well the timing is the, the timing we're still playing around with cuz he's he's been starting to think about this only like this week and last week. <laughs> this, well, is yeah, this, this is literally after this creator summit he some like, good high level YouTube stuff. Yeah, right? no like his mind is literally blown after all of this. So he's literally just 
like, hey, like, I need two thumbnails and, like, three th three titles for this video. Um, and so far, like... It'd be we, nice if YouTube had it built in where you could just do that. You could upload three options and then they cycle through it for I think you. That's, that's, I think that's feedback that people are actually giving them because, uh, like, a lot of the bigger YouTubers essentially are... are um, a lot are of the bigger this. YouTubers recently are, are doing that. Manually. Manually. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, too, too that, um, that apparently is in the works is that they're going to start showing in the new creator studio um, real-time impressions. So you can see if a title and thumbnail is just genuinely not working, and you can, you can kind of gauge to see, hey, is this, like, if this is not working, maybe I should just change the title and thumbnail. Yeah. Um, that, like, apparently, like, when they announced that at the creator summit, also, it's telling me that like everyone literally stood up and cheered. Yeah, they're like, you know, like, like YouTubers are are all about statistics. The the one thing that people don't really think about, you know, if you yeah. if you don't really know much about YouTube, everyone cares about the statistics because yeah. it's important. It is, and it's our yeah. job. Like, yeah, I yeah, real time I'm... impressions. Yeah, <laughs> I've uh, I'm I met um um snazzy labs oh uh, quinn's awesome i met quinn oh, uh, a couple of weeks love ago. that guy and we've uh, he follows me on twitter now and we, yeah. we kind of dm him off and on just, you should have him on here i should yeah i would love to and uh he was saying that uh on his channel he's able to see now um i don't have this analytic because i'm not big enough yet but right. he's able to see it and i guess you guys do too you can actually see where people maybe pause the video or like go back and rewatch something you, sh you should be a you should be able to oh really yeah so it's um <coughs> so for example for him he does a, a mid-roll ad read or something right and he'll see people skip it but he makes his ad read like nine seconds right and so they miss the first second of when they come back and so they actually go back go they back end up, they end up watching the oh they ad. oh so he sees a little <laughs> spike up it it's like yeah. down and up and like, yeah exactly oh that's really interesting but no, no it's, I think it's different than just the spikes. It's literally like you can see where people go back. Right. Well, so, so uh, I mean, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if he's looking at a different thing, but I mean, YouTube for the longest time has had um, retention. Yeah. So when I don't know, yeah, maybe, 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 yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe he does have a different thing then, because like basically, you know, when people he says a new feature. So. Oh, interesting. Yes, maybe it is different. You can like, literally see live like where people pause, rewind. Interesting. How huh, then? I might have to ask him about that, but like you know, <laughs> even with the old like retention system, like the mm -hmm. easiest way to see when someone rewinds is, you know, if if there is a spike somewhere, obviously you know there's more viewership there, and it's it's not like people are going to start the video at like you know yeah. like halfway in for a random reason. Well, I do that so. for DP Review TV because mm -hmm. every time Jordan from Camera Store TV talks about his stuff, I right. just like all right. I'm going to skip until the video section. You know what I'm talking about, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I do, I do. I, yeah, I, 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 you know, it's, it's actually funny because I, I didn't even realize that they had a whole, like, switch up. Yeah. Camera Store TV. And, from and, Camera Store to yeah. DP Review. Yeah. Because I, 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 I went to Camera Store TV and I'm like, huh, these are not the same guys. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. Chris Nichols and Jordan Drake. Yeah. Yeah, they're cool. No, I, no, their, their stuff was, like, really, really good. So, yeah, so you, you basically, you blur the background maybe a little bit, you pop the colors, you make, keep it simple. Yeah. Keep his face in it. Uh, yeah, there's always one that has his face on it and one that doesn't have his, okay. have his face okay, on so it. Okay, so now you're A-being that. Yeah, we're A-being that. Cool, because sometimes I, you know, get lucky and have a beautiful product shot. Right. And I'm like, 
man, this this is really pretty. Right. But I know the algorithm likes faces, so here's a really right. kind of lame picture of my face. Well, so the, the cool <laughs> thing is, like, if you do ever go through with making the channel your name, mm-hmm. um, the, the reason why Austin wants to start with the one with his face is because we always assume that the first people that will watch our videos are the ones that are subscribed to us. Yeah. So they know it's our video when they see his face on it. Once the subscriber wave leaves, they might not necessarily care about Austin specifically anymore. So then at that yeah, point, we'll point. switch to the the shot of, you know, just the product on its own. So you're talking maybe a week later, two weeks later? Not even. Like sometimes maybe even 48 hours after. Because okay. by then, most of our views have just stabilized at that yeah. point. Um, it's interesting because uh, Austin was talking to a big YouTuber. I won't mention him by name. But he was talking about how he... He has people working titles and thumbnails like actively on each video. Wow. And not they'll not only do this for videos that are just coming out, but they'll even retroactively try to boost videos just by doing title and thumbnails wow. for his channel and other channels that they oversee as well. Wow. And for one of the channels in particular, and I forget the specific statistics, but it was like an eighteen thousand subscriber channel getting like no views on a video. And the guy basically reworked one title and one thumbnail and you leave the tags alone and everything just i don't know about the tags but i wouldn't even say that they're as important in this scenario like literally he just made the video more appealing yeah for the people that are looking for it and i don't know what the video is specifically even but apparently like they they you know made it super optimized for the algorithm and the video that was at like like a couple thousand views like in a matter of like a month had like 8 million views oh my gosh like <laughs> i i wish i knew what the video was yeah but like is i mean title and thumbnail is important like it's mm-hmm. i mean it's not to say you know go clickbait cuz that doesn't necessarily work either but if you can find you know yeah the sweet spot like the right recipe for it Mm-hmm. It can make the video like really big, yeah. As much as it can, you know, make it not successful. You know? <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you this because <clears throat> this is really fun for me because mm-hmm. I I don't get to talk to people who are in a similar situation right. that are ahead. So uh, I, for example, last week the Osmo Action came out. Oh man! And I tweeted you. You were like, "Oh man, it looks like something's going on in my feed," and it was like all the LG phone. Yeah. And I was like, "Wait for tomorrow." And you're like, oh, I don't know if you knew, but like the next day it was all Osmo action. Yeah, no, no, no. I know. I, I literally <laughs> saw it because like, I you were alluding to it. I'm like, oh man, I, I guess I'm watching my my sub feed tomorrow. <laughs> sure enough. And, oh my god, yeah, my feed was all Osmo action, which is great because like I'm I'm interested in the camera. It, yeah. it looks really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but so this is something that um. What actually, happens? So so the, let's let's frame this for yeah. people who maybe aren't familiar. And you are totally a part of this, and so am I. Yeah. You're given a product a month in advance, or yeah. maybe even longer or shorter. It doesn't matter. You're given a product. You know it's going to hit. It's really popular. Right. Everybody wants to know about it. There's an embargo attached to that. At this time on this day is the first, is the only time you can announce it. Right. So what does everybody do? They, they wait till five minutes before the embargo and go live, right? Right. So actually, <laughs> so, so this is something that we experience, and I like I, I like you. So you're probably you subscribed s- to a lot of tech people, right? Yeah. Same. So something that you might have seen is a. Uh, this is the OnePlus 7 yeah. Pro. Uh-huh. Um, literally... He's holding it in his hand for I'm audio listeners. It. If people are... Uh, if, for, for the video viewers, there, there's the... Uh, 
Ooh. the blue. Yes. Um, it's also dead because it's this is in my uh, this has been in my pocket for the past couple of days and I haven't charged it. Uh, <laughs> um, That'll happen. <laughs> it'll it'll happen. Um, but literally, like tw- like twenty people, yeah, uploaded their videos all at the same time. And you know, it's on one hand, it's like it's cool that a company like OnePlus is, you know, they're gracious enough to give their phones to even like small tech reviewers. It's mm-hmm. cool that they wanted to get the phone out there, so they gave it to everyone to try mm-hmm. out. It's a very smart marketing move for them. For the YouTuber, it's it depends on I guess what your expectations are, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Like, do you, if you, if you just want to make a really good review, then, then great. Like you have a phone. If you, you know, you're, if and there's some you, buzz behind it. So. Yeah, no, exactly. But it also, if it's, you know, your livelihood, you know, you, you know, the, the videos didn't really get many views across yeah. even many it's big channels. It's cause it's uh, completely watered down by everyone else. Yeah. I mean, look, like the, the reality is that, you know, there, you know, there are big tech tech youtubers out there like obviously like bigger than austin too Mm -hmm. and you know they will go to them for phone reviews and then after that you know that's that that's all they watch you know they they don't want to see anything else because they they have the information and it's it's not it's not to say anything negative about those guys and they're good at what they do but i think what this means for for us like like even for austin is people go to marquez for phone reviews you know that, that that that's his thing for Austin, it's like I mean, people people will go to him for phone reviews. I mean, our I'm not going to say our One Plus video didn't get views. Yeah, I watched right? all the, the well, thank reviews. You. Yeah, thank you. It's hey, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> when there's when there uh, when when it shows up in my feed, at least. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll I'll, I'll leave it to the algorithm. Yeah. yeah. No, but it's it's a kind of thing of you know I'm, we we never blame the viewer for anything, right? It's mm-hmm. it's always it's always on us. Mm-hmm. If a video doesn't perform the way we want it to, then that means we have to do something else. And yeah. it's for the OnePlus, we knew this was going to happen. Yeah. But we still did it anyway. Like just a straightforward review? Just a straightforward point. review of the phone. Yeah. And so... so that's it, why like when, when we've done it, anytime we've done a comparison to something else, that performs better. We'll, we'll post two videos usually right. during those embargoes. Uh, so, for example, DJI Osmo versus GoPro, no-brainer. Right. And then one that's just a full review. Right. The, uh, the full review has 30,000 views. The com- GoPro comparison is about to hit 100. You know? Oh, well, there so, you go. So, like, <coughs> that alone is like, okay, well, you know, I Justine isn't doing a flat-out detailed nerdy rev- comparison. Right. She's doing a review right. with maybe a little comparison thrown in. Yeah. So you kind of have to be a little bit different. Right? Yeah, we have to be a little bit different. And the thing is that it's hard because especially when there are so many phones out there, it's like sometimes, you know, even the the the, the outliers, you know, there are a bunch of people doing those too. So it's it's almost like we, we almost contemplate like, do we even just make a OnePlus video and just put it in something else? Mm. You know, like, do we really think outside the box and maybe, I don't know, like, make like a really yeah maybe like a really big phone comparison like at like you know down the line like maybe like a mid-year phone thing yeah. or even just like if we just feature it in something mm-hmm. like uh an explainer about yeah. phones or something you know like there are ways to, to you know take advantage of the lo- of yeah. the of the phone that they gave to us yeah but i think it's it's just a thing of like we we shouldn't be bound to the things that we normally mm-hmm. do especially if other people are going to do it too because it's just not going to work well for us although i think too though in the short term that's absolutely true but in the long term 
that's an evergreen product that like you know that one plus review for the next year people will, right they'll be discovering it when they're phone shopping that's only the hope you know and i think that like luckily for for us and i think part of the reason why we were okay making the video despite you know a slight expectation that it might not do well is that long term people do look out for that video mm. so i mean right now it's still too early to tell honestly because yeah. the phone just came out yeah but you know i mean we'll we'll see and I, but i think it's it's just that kind of thing of like i think austin's always thinking in the now and you know i, I can't really blame him sometimes i do the same we're trying he's he's trying to pay him, his employees right no exactly so we i mean the other thing too is that we always we try to keep as much momentum as possible we don't want to we don't yeah. want to make one video that all of a sudden you know doesn't get as many views as we want and you know kills that vibe or kills mm-hmm. the momentum so I think it's it's just you know playing the cards right, but you know I, I guess sometimes you just can't always have the yeah. right hand right. So or, I mean, what so what do you think though, like about this this question of like the embargo situation? Everybody posts a review at once. Like, I think it's it's should you do it? Should you not? It's I think in terms of well, I think do you mean? Do uh, do you mean like for the company to release it to everyone at once, or do you think like for the creator releasing for the creator, for the creator releasing on embargo? I think it kind of depends. I think for like like I think for smaller channels, it it probably doesn't matter so much. In fact, it's probably better to get your opinion out there anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, because well, it's a hot discovered. Yeah, because yeah. it's a hot product, and maybe someone will come from a larger video. Maybe your video might get recommended from a larger video, which yeah. like is definitely super helpful. For for bigger guys, I think because expectations already set, and like your competition's you know like it's super important and big. Like I, that one's a little tougher. It, I think it's it's definitely a case by case scenario. Like. <laughs> I almost feel like for the OnePlus, we should have like asked our friends, like, "Hey, who has it? Who has it? Who has it? What video are you doing?" And then you know, just kind of play it, yeah, play it by ear. But yeah, I, I think it really just depends, honestly. Like, it, yeah. there, there's no like one size fit all answer for that. Yeah, but because when the next iPhone comes out, you have to, do, you have to. Do <laughs> oh it. yeah, no, like it's a no brainer. There yeah. are there are key products in the year that we always look out for, or key companies that we always look out for in the year that we always have to cover. Mm-hmm. There are the the Samsung Galaxies that come out. There are yeah the iPhones, yeah the, that stuff because people are watching it regardless, and it's as as you uh, said before, evergreen. You know, mm-hmm. we we kind of have to do it, but also because there are almost a guaranteed set of eyeballs on there that also means you know mm-hmm. that that's our time to play yeah. around a bit yeah one thing one of the things that we did uh t- i guess it's two years ago at this point is the uh the iphone is the iphone 10 uh is the iphone 10 worth it yeah um and that was a really big video for us not because it it like did like super well or blew up or anything but because that was the first video that we mastered in HDR for YouTube. Oh, cool. Um, I wish I could go into the technicals of it, but I I wasn't on that front. I I kind of just did the producing on it. Mm-hmm. But um, but Wesley, our color guy, put a lot of work into researching how the hell HDR even works for yeah. YouTube. We actually had to go back and forth between YouTube engineers to fix their HDR. Really? And, yeah, like we... We were actually the reason why they pushed out an update on Pixel 1s to fix YouTube HDR on those wow. phones. Um, 
which is a really interesting conversation because Wes was apparently emailing the guy at like two in the morning or something like that <laughs> from Google. Yeah, um, but it's really it was a really neat thing because like it, it's something that not many people have done before. Like YouTube had had done like internal tests with like like you know or, or they did like like um, like small tests with like other sure. YouTube channels just to like see what it looked like and, and just search hdr and you find a bunch of nature videos and e stuff, exactly yeah. but i the cool thing is that for us like that like our hdr video is and i think it might still be the most viewed hdr video on people YouTube. are like hey i got a new hdr tv i'm gonna go watch a video yeah and then there it is yeah well not even that i mean it, just, just by virtue of it being an iphone video i don't, I don't yeah. know i don't think the hdr aspect actually okay. really pitched it that much okay. into the views if i if i had to really think about it never mind but you know it's it, still cool though no but it, it's interesting because it's just something that not many people in our space did and we were able yeah. to experiment like we shot it all on on our red with mm -hmm. anamorphics we got master anamorphics nice. we rented them uh we Ooh, we we, we got an airbnb beach house and like you know just went to town shooting right yeah like that was a really I've I mean, seen stressful that video. now that you say that i remember seeing it and i was like this isn't their set yeah i was is, like is this austin's house is it, yeah, <laughs> Dang, that, that, was, that was a lot that, that was that was a very common question yeah the other common question that we got on that video was why did my phone screen go really bright all of a sudden <laughs> what do you mean so when you play it back on on mobile i don't know if it does it on iphones but it definitely does it on on android phones that are hdr capable uh-huh when you play the video, it has to play um, in HDR spec. So it has to bump up the brightness okay. of the phone. So it, it forces your phone to yeah, change the brightness. Exactly, yeah. So like when, when you're when you're watching it in uh, HDR ten on, on like a Samsung like Galaxy S nine or ten, like if you if you have like low brightness and you you know you're watching it in bed, you, you turn on the HDR you turn on the HDR video, all of a sudden like like Oh, you guys blinded me! Like, why did my phone turn bright all of a sudden? Like, people thought we were hacking their phones. That's like, kind of cool. cool, though. You know, it's it's interesting, and it, you know, the, like we went through like a week of coloring that thing just to you know figure it out. Like, Wes made made, made like like transform LUTs to uh, see what the HDR would look like in SDR because we didn't have an HDR monitor. So, do you upload just one file and then they they they? Uh convert it themselves <clears throat> to sdr so or, uh, i have to whatever it's been a while since we've done it but oh, so it's not from, something you've continued to do really no yes it, it's not really viable for us because we we edit in final cut and we don't we don't round trip for color or anything mm -hmm. we don't go into like davinci resolve and and do a post color we, do you guys we use have color finale or do you use it's just a built-in stuff now we used color finale initially but so the cool thing is that west pre-built looks for us um with LUTs um and we shoot everything in um in log so like when we're in the studio everything's already like yeah you know preset so we don't have to yeah, really touch anything yeah it's literally the perfect setup um but Wes is also a color genius so like what he did was he set up a general LUT for us for even when, like when we go outside like based on like all of our different lenses and stuff like yes like I could show you the Google Drive folder later but he yeah. literally has like 
like hundreds of LUTs just like very specific like, very this, specific this like, lens this camera daytime it, exactly like this this flavor of s-log you know yeah. like it wow yeah he's cool. he's very detailed again like very <laughs> meticulous which that's is great he, that's the perfect job for him it, is, exactly yeah. exactly but um and you're a buffer for austin so you receive all the tech you yeah you you understand that and then austin's exactly like so right. what's going on uh it's gonna look good yeah my my job my job is to like 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 yeah, like be the middleman for that, but also kind of tame Wes a little bit. But the thing is that like Wes is a super talented dude, and you know when when you when you diffuse him a bit, you know obviously you, you take away from from that experience a bit, and you know what he can possibly do. Yeah. So it's just you know trying to balance fi- that balance that out because you want the best work, right? Exactly. Yeah. But so we also got to put a video up. Yeah. Once a week exactly. <laughs> so I mean, we we worked for we worked together for the for literally the past five years through college yeah. and here. So I mean, yeah. I I I, I pretty know, much pretty know well. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But um. For, to answer your question about HDR and how the filing works, so if I remember correctly, Wes is probably going to watch this and be like, no, he's wrong. He's wrong. <laughs> but if I remember correctly, so at the very least, like the, the, the parts that are definitely for sure. So we actually, you actually upload videos in MKV format. Okay. You know? So you, you use that container. The reason is because um, in the container, you not only um, have the video file, but you also have um, the transform metadata for SDR and HDR on there. Oh, cool. So YouTube knows if the source that you're watching it from is not, or the, the screen that you're watching on is not HDR or is yeah. HDR, and it'll, it'll adjust accordingly. So it'll choose whichever. Yes. Uh, so it basically has a LUT for both. Exactly. So what that also means is that he has to grade for HDR, but also for SDR. And if you know what's up, it's yeah. definitely it's definitely worth seeing. But if you know, if not, then you know it's not really worth the effort yeah. to to make it otherwise. So okay, so um, <clears throat> I have another question here. I've been yeah, I've, I've been wanting to talk to you about this because uh, you're in it with Austin, and and I would throw Austin in with Jonathan and with Marquez mm-hmm. and with. Whoever else you want to throw in there for the like high level production when it comes to tech reviews. Yeah. And it's, I don't know if that was because of Marquez or if that was because of Jonathan. I don't know who the originator of it is yeah. of shooting on a red for a YouTube video. Um, <laughs> but... Well, you know, the answer to that question real quick is um, so Marquez was. was was he was on def- C100 I know that yeah forever I think he's the guy that really pushed the red for everyone yeah like like once he got the red he was like okay I think I think everyone should start getting reds everybody I mean I sh- have been shooting on reds f- since the beginning <clears throat> you know with a Scarlet with the original Epic right uh, I've shot an Alexa as a director but I think just standard like most people like yeah but for YouTube you could just shoot on a 5D like nobody cares right and it, it wasn't until I guess Marquez that people really were like, okay, maybe there's a reason for it. Yeah. And I do think there still is a sports car mentality of it of like, Oh yeah. You yeah. know, why are you shooting on red? Look, like, look at, yeah. It's like, you know, we, we have the means, you know, <laughs> yeah. why not, why not do, yeah, you it's know, fun. have it looks the gear better. that matches. Right. And even if it's only five or 10% better, like it is right. Five or 10% better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, uh, it makes the job easier at least. But right. My, basically what i'm getting to is uh there's this youtube kind of educator guy named roberto blake and he says uh he's like part of the vid summit Mm. you know vidcon kind of crew of people who educate youtubers right he says there's a level of acceptable uh 
was it uh the threshold of acceptable quality is where you should be as a youtuber the threshold of acceptable quality because That's it's more because i know right <laughs> because he he says it's better to be more consistent than to be focused on perfecting your image and only doing one video a month versus acceptable quality and putting one out a week or whatever right and so but i do think there is an exception to that rule maybe in our niche and i sp i have i have definitely been on the receiving end on my channel which is a camera channel which is even more niche right of like okay everybody who's watching this are people who are professional photographers or filmmakers mm -hmm. if like i if i don't shoot and upload in 4k like i've been uploading on accident honestly for the last couple of weeks in 1080 right uh and people are like why isn't this 4k you right know? and uh you know if my audio is terrible uh they're like i hear some like noise in your audio like what's going right. on so <laughs> like yeah. we're in a weird niche but like what what are your thoughts on that do you think <clears throat> do you truly think that like if you got rid of the reds if you got rid of the perfect lighting and yeah. you just took austin and you guys just created a compelling piece of content that had good content value right but the production level was gone you shot on an iphone or a 5d would you still be able to get the views would you still be able to grow a channel professionally or do you think in a way the the swagger and the crispness and the and the the you know polish right. that you have is part of the reason why you've had success yeah that, that's a that's a tough one because i think I think it's it's kind of it's kind of weighted for sure, definitely based on the area, right? Like, I mean, there are a lot of vloggers that you know they. I mean, Dobrik shoots on an ADD and right. he's a multimillionaire, right? And like, like doesn't like PewDiePie like not upload in like 1080 even? Like, doesn't he like upload in like 720? Yeah. I mean, he uses a camcorder. Yeah, you know? I mean, granted, you know, he's like like the most subscribed like individual YouTuber, right? Like, but. But the, like an H three, you know, they shoot ten eighty, right? But he edits it's, very heavily. I don't know. It's it's tough though because then I mean, you look at our niche and all the top people are doing high level. Yeah, production. I think for for us because you know we talk about a lot of the cutting edge tech. I mean, especially for you, you talk about cameras. It it you know we it it, it doesn't really look good when you know we're we're like you know showcasing a four K TV. Yeah. And the video is not in 4K. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, you know, or, I mean, that might be an extreme example, but you know, I, I think it's you know we have to be on top of all of that, and I think, yeah, like quality is definitely one of those things that, especially if the bar's already been set, you know, you kind of have to yeah match it. If you're like you know vlogging and your competitors are other vloggers and you know they shoot 1080 or 720, like if that's the market, then that's the market. Yeah, but I think. I don't know. It's it's also weird because personality is definitely a huge part of it too. I mean, obviously, like YouTube's super visual, but there are a lot of people that just make it on their own based on their personality. It's hard to deny that. Do you feel that uh, part of the success is because of the polish, or is that a self-inflicted thing? Like you want to be better, you want to have a higher production. I think we we always want to have a higher level of production. I mean, we we again we always kind of strive to be better than ourselves mm -hmm. always. Um, you know, cause it's always in the interest of like, if we do get thrown bigger projects in the future, like, like it's a long-term strategy, it's a long-term strategy. Like we want to be prepared for that stuff. Um, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I think so. It's not your, your head isn't in 
the necessarily the YouTube. You're, you're doing the YouTube stuff with right. thumbnails, titles, all that stuff, but the production might not be part of why you're having success on YouTube necessarily. Right, and but, I think we, we have a routine of doing things. So like we'll we'll try to tweak things. I mean, usually things just go <clears throat> like pretty normally. Like mm -hmm. there's there's no like real change in that routine. Yeah, it's on a per video basis. Like also want to do something different. You know, like maybe mm -hmm. we shoot some of it outside like outside of the studio or <clears throat> maybe we go to a different location. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's times like that where we, it, we have a little more yeah. flexible leeway to like, you know, change things up a little bit. I think know? the truth is, is we're still very early stages of this whole internet. Any, it's in crazy to think general. still, you I know, know? It, we, we grew up with it in a way, you know, I was the first, I'm a little older than you. So I was, yeah. you know, I remember when there was an internet right. and, uh, I remember when it was new and I remember being in high school and somebody saying, I learned a magic trick on this new website called YouTube. I was like, what? And so, like, at that time, people were just uploading magic tricks, right. like, for free and this stuff. This is back when the subscribe button was still yellow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so um, we're in this process where I think YouTube is transitioning and it's becoming TV replacement just straight right. up. So the production level of TV over the years has gotten better and better and better. Right. And I think the same is going to happen on YouTube where we're going to continue to see production get higher on YouTube. Right. Uh, and it has. Yeah. And I mean, it also helps that, I mean, YouTube, I mean, granted, it's not for like, like as long period of time as TV shows, but like mm -hmm. YouTube videos do compete with TV shows for numbers, yeah. you know, like I mean, not apples to apples, but I mean, it, it's still like, you can't argue with videos that get like 20 million views versus I know. like shows that can't even break a million, right? Well, that's the thing is like, uh, I, I heard a podcast recently, they were talking about Game of Thrones numbers. <clears throat> uh, you know, it's the most watched TV show in the world and right. it's only getting 15 million a, a, an episode, which is a lot, granted, but right. um, we're talking about just 10, 20 years ago, um, you know, the Bachelorette was number one. It got 32 million right. views. It's and definitely eaten into the market share. Yeah, there. there's nobody. Nobody gets 30 million views on TV anymore. Right. You know, there was there was a time where uh, what's it called? Jimmy Cal Jimmy Fallon's show. What is that? What's it called? The oh, Tonight, uh, the Tonight, show. Tonight Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the Tonight, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> such a dumb, uh, I'm an idiot. But yeah, like Johnny Carson. You know, he was getting 30, right. You know, 20 million, 30 million, or whatever. Um, but it's just changed and that's just how it is. Yeah. It's a different landscape altogether. So somebody who's starting out on YouTube, yeah. this is a common question you, you might get. Um, somebody starting fresh, like should they, what are some things that, that you feel like they should do? Uh, you've had this amazing career going from film school to, to working with Austin. And, mm. um, now you're, you're a personality on his channel as well. And hopefully maybe that'll turn into more. Yeah. With, I mean, that'd be fun. With yeah. Performing on camera. And I, I just know that that's your passion. I can tell. Um, oh. <laughs> and you're really good at it. Um, I, no, well, uh, well, I'm work in progress. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like, you know, a kid start coming out of high school, he wants to be a YouTuber. He wants to review tech products. Like what, what would you tell that, that person? I think the biggest thing that holds back a lot of people is, and it's not even just with YouTube, but with making stuff in general is, you always get caught up in how to make it, mm. but really you should just make it yeah. <laughs> and keep making it. I love that. Yeah. Cause like, you don't want to, you don't want to like sit around and, and, you know, not do anything and not progress. Right. You want to, yeah. you always want to, you know, trial and error that mm -hmm. like, you can do so many things wrong, but you always learn from your mistakes. Right. Yeah. So if you don't, 
put yourself out there and like, especially like if you're not open to getting feedback from other people and you know, you're not going to grow. Yeah. So I think it's hugely important to, even if you're not confident, like just put out what you think feels right. And then if, mm-hmm. if it really is wrong, it's really wrong. Yeah. But you know, work towards what you feel like is right. And then if enough people like it, then, you know, you're doing the right thing. And if not, then, you know, just keep searching. Right. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I learned with, with my stuff, because I think, I mean, I, I think I found what I like doing with, with the tech stuff, but I personally found my own hobby. So I tried to spin my figure collecting thing into what I like doing with YouTube and kind of, you know, tried to make it in the best case scenario, like what I want to do on YouTube. Yeah. And it worked out for the most part. I got what I wanted out of it. I was by the end of me doing that, I felt really fulfilled. But I definitely wouldn't have gotten in that position if it wasn't for the early trial and error days of like, like how how do do I even look on camera? Like my yeah. my first video on YouTube was uh, Skype for iOS. That's literally the title of nice. it, and it's literally you should change like, the title and thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want people to find that video actually <laughs> no it, it, you know it's just like me talking to my iMac webcam you know in freshman year of high school yeah. like the room was super dark the video is grainy like um I pointed the the my iPod touch at the time at the webcam and like you can't even see Skype on it like everything's like blown, yeah it's like blown out and like it's not in focus or anything <laughs> but like that was like I think once I actually uploaded that video there was like a huge sense of relief like I watched it through once. I didn't even know what editing was at the time, so I just uploaded it as yeah. is. Oh, cool! Um, and it, it was a huge. <laughs> Here's a video file. I'll no, just exactly. The video yeah. file. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is? I don't. I, I didn't even know the concept of editing. Like, what is a cut? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> no, but it, it, it's the kind of thing of like I felt relieved when I uploaded it because I was actually happy with the thing. You know, I, I think. I was happy enough to upload it. I I didn't really get many great comments because it was you know it's just a whatever video. But I think that ultimately made me strive to figure out what what is a good video. What is yeah. a video that not only am I happy to make, but what is a good video that other people are happy to watch? Yeah. So I think that's that's my my so big do tip. It. Just do it. Just yeah, do yeah. it, and you know, trial and error. Keep doing it until you figure it out. I can totally agree with that because you can just sit and try to dreamcast and write down all these ideas, but until right. you actually shoot it, and once you originally, you know finally upload the video right then it's like that feeling of relief um i'll, I'll just say this and i'll just be honest about it last week i uploaded mm. a comparison video between the gopro and the osmo and yeah. i made a mistake i didn't turn the stabilization on the osmo oh <laughs> okay that's a that's a really big one yeah so like that's literally like the only not the only but like one of the biggest features of the camera right and it's also the biggest thing that you would want to see compared with the gopro uh but it was the night before the embargo release. Um, I had to put a video out because I was just thinking, okay, you know, I need the views. Uh, this is my livelihood. Right. And uh, I said in the video, hey, I made a mistake. I'll make another one tomorrow and I'll make one then another one the next day. And uh, just let me know what you think about the, the video quality comparison. Just, you know, don't pay attention to the stabilization. Like, I'll fix it, I promise. But just, right. you know, sure enough, dislike-like ratio is ridiculous. Right. People are like, cussing me out telling me i'm a stupid idiot um because yeah, it's an open forum yeah people and can i can say got, whatever they want even though they don't think about other people's i got feelings. so <laughs> i got i seriously it was the first time in my career on youtube where i had such a negative feedback um 
I felt like, wow, you know, all my friends are so much better than me. Like I'm terrible. I've, I kind of got pretty depressed. My wife like noticed it and she was like, why don't you just lay down and so like you need for... to step back. Yeah. So like, what do you have to say about that? Like the, the, the aspect of like trying to please other people with your YouTube content and what have you seen with being a part of Austin and seeing him react and stuff? Have you seen any of that kind of like emotional? Oh waves? man. Oh, I've, I've seen a lot. Um, Austin, especially when I first started working for him and apparently this has been a thing for a while. Um, like, yeah, he'd, he'd get really depressed when a video doesn't do well. Cause it's, it's just that thing of like, yeah, like wh what did I do wrong? Like, so, cause sometimes he'd, he'd get that feedback from the audience, even if he didn't do anything wrong. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes the sometimes the audience just has hate for you for some reason. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's so mean it is. But you know, like I know, you know, sometimes sometimes you just you know you know can't control that. You know, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I've seen I've seen him in in really like low stages. But I think the cool thing about his mindset recently, when it comes to YouTube, especially like you know since we've hired a bunch more people, is you know, one, obviously this means he gets to go home on time. You know, he gets to, you know, relax He's with his wife. Now. He's married now, especially. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, he has a whole other life and he can't let the stuff that happens in the office affect him at home. Yeah. So basically his mindset has been way more relaxed because, you know, I think, uh, I think our channel's big enough where we don't, where he, he used to he used to be like super worried about views even even for as big as you know we we were you know to, you know like back then but he, he thinks of it less now he's he does take a step back he he looks at what we did wrong and he sees it as okay let's just not do this the next time yeah. yeah you know like like he see, he tries to see it objectively and ultimately constructively tries to you know, just make yeah. sure we don't make the same mistake over. It's it's not the end of the world, mm -hmm. but there were points when it used to be, and it, it's understandable. You know, it's when you when you spend you know this much time on a video and you want the audience to love it, and they does don't. That does that kind of stuff affect you at all too? Like, do oh, you, absolutely. Do you see like comments about production or or things like that that can really get to you? Or yeah, I mean, you know, it 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 definitely it definitely does roll over to um to the people that works with him, right? Like. Mm -hmm. I remember. I mean, you're um, in the our, you're in the videos now, so right. Well, so I mean, even even for like our editors, right? Like, so mm -hmm. um, one of our editors, Jimmy, like he he was the first one that we hired, um, especially really early on when he was you know trying to figure out you know gauge gauge the vibe for like what the office was and how Austin is, you know he you know he was like particularly nervous about hey like like am I doing stuff right? Am I doing stuff right? Um. And you know, which which is great because you know he was he's obviously attentive to you know you know just making sure that you know he's working optimally and doing things the way that Austin wants. But you know when Austin you know would be you know down depressed about a video, you know when it wasn't really Jimmy's fault, you know. But you know Jim you know Jimmy starts to think like, hey, you know is this, is it something that I did? Like is there something that oh, I could have wow. done in the edit? You know, poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. It's it's it, you know it's, it's just a kind of you know. It, this is like really early on too, but it's just that kind of thing of like I had to tell him like no, Austin just gets really depressed about videos sometimes. But it's, I think it's just you know we let's look at it you know when we have you know fresh set of eyes in mind you know yeah. and 
like you know if we if we did something wrong it, it it's not yeah. i don't think it's your fault i think it's just we need to we need to do something different so what's the what's know? the cautionary tale then for somebody up and coming mm-hmm. from your experience here like should should people just kind of look the other way and keep keep going like delete the comments block the people what do you think i you know, I think make it's... more controversy because bad press is good press. Hey, I mean, that's what if, that, if, if you can handle it. Yeah, I mean, the the <clears throat> Paul brothers love that stuff. So I think it depends on the person, though. Yeah, you know, right. like I, everyone approaches feedback in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't think I don't think you know, sh- like closing comments or deleting comments is necessarily the right answer. But I mean, if they really do affect you, then. You know, maybe it is. Maybe yeah. maybe you block particular people or, you know, uh, blacklist particular yeah. words, right? Sure. Um, there's certainly the tools there to help that if, if it really does yeah. get that bad. I have, I have uh, some female creators, and you oh, you think oh, you think man. Austin's yeah. stuff is bad, like oh no, if, you know, I, I can I can imagine, imagine being a pretty blonde, you know, like yeah, no, it, the filth and terrible stuff. Yeah, it, it's it's. People up. people can people can be really terrible sometimes. I mean, with the anonymity of the internet, yeah, exactly. It's it's easier than ever to say really mm-hmm. horrible things to people. Yeah. Um, but I think it's it's that kind of thing of we have to kind of rationalize it a bit. It's like mm-hmm. maybe some of these people are just saying this because you know there's there's a veil of anonymity. Mm-hmm. Right, like you know, me, me thinking the best of people, you know, they're they're yeah. just saying that to be funny, right? Yeah, sure. We don't know these people personally, so I shouldn't be taking mm-hmm. their comments personally. I mean, if they have if a, there's they have a crappy work life and they hate themselves, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're maybe, just taking maybe, it out on you, you know. Whatever. Maybe that's the case. I mean, yeah, maybe they just had a bad day. Yeah, but you know, I I don't even think we have to even go that far. I think it's just, you know, ultimately, if if it's something that you feel like you have to change. If it's something really constructive, um, mm-hmm. then sure. But I yeah. think if, if it just, you know, comes out of the blue and it's, you know, yeah. it's really hurtful and, you know, it's attacking you, then. Yeah. It's really yeah. crazy. Cause again, I, I, it's fresh in my mind. Cause I just listened to this interview with Howard Stern and Conan O'Brien mm. and they actually talk about this. And, uh, Conan's like, can you imagine, I think they were talking about Instagrammers and influencers and stuff. He's like, can you imagine starting our careers, which was in the eighties or nineties and having comments attached to what we were doing? (laughs) He was like, you know, Conan O'Brien started out being kind of weird and and like, he was the late, late night show guy that was doing weird, wacky stuff. Right. Howard Stern was known as being this controversial, like radio host. If he had comments attached to that, it could really be depressing. Like when you're being crazy artists, like those guys were, like they were just kind of banging it out, trying to figure out how to do it. Right. Like I think mm. in a lot of ways we as artists and as YouTubers have to kind of, or anybody that's doing anything on the internet, it doesn't have to be YouTube. Like you really have to just be focused on, you know, the art of what you're doing. And then yeah. also just find value, like don't find value. Don't get value from the affirmation, right? Like yeah. you get that from your friends, from your family, from your religion, <laughs> whatever Whatever you yeah. have, you know, you don't have to put all of your eggs in one basket, essentially. Because yeah. if you do, then you're gonna, you might be vastly disappointed if something goes wrong. I think anybody that puts their self worth <clears throat> in their career is just setting themselves up for failure. Absolutely, because your self worth is found in relationships. It's not found in right uh, your job. Yeah, you know? and I think this is it's there. There's obviously a difference between like self worth and. I guess like how much time you devote to something too, because mm-hmm. it, I feel like I don't, I don't want to, I don't want people to get confused with like, you know, if you can devote yourself a lot to work, obviously, you know, with in moderation, mm-hmm. but I feel like if, if you really are 
motivated and driven to do something, you want to see it through and you want to、mm. devote a lot of time to it, then, you know, by all means, go for it. I feel like I devote. So much of my time and energy into what I do, not because it's my job, but because I actually find it fun. Yeah. You know, like I get to, you know, meet a lot of people. I get to be on cool podcasts like this, you know. <laughs> the Golden Hour podcast. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it, you know, it, it's, you know, I see the, the huge positives in it. And I'm like, you know, this is, I, I work so hard to try to make stuff like this happen and to keep it happening, right? Yeah. So, I think it's, it's like I, I devote so much personal energy and so much of my emotion into it that,、yeah. you know, it, I, I think it's so much of my life and I'm putting all my eggs in one basket, but I feel like it's, it, it, I'm doing it because I feel like I, I have confidence that it's going to lead somewhere. Yeah. And so I think it, it's, it, it's kind of just on a person by person basis. I feel like, I mean, sometimes people don't know themselves, but. People, I, I would like to think more often than not, probably know themselves better than、mm-hmm. most other people. I,、yeah. would, I would hope. <laughs> I would hope. So it, it's, I don't know. It, I, I don't want to say it, it's, it's something that everyone should do, but sometimes you just have a feeling、mm-hmm. in your gut that you have to follow something. So we went from、uh, film <laughs> school, we went from、uh, anime to figurines、yeah. to、uh, cinematography to Jonathan Morrison. Then leading to Austin.、Uh, now you're on camera with Austin. You're building a new channel from scratch. Yeah. What's, what's next for Ken? Like, what are some things that you're aspiring to? What are some dreams that you have?、Uh, things that you're trying to do with your career? You see, like, I'm like, for as much as I, I would like to think really far ahead,、um, generally speaking, I never. I, I, I never really know what's going to happen in the next five years or so, right? I,、yeah. I kind of take it you know, inch by inch,、does. right? I, for me, I'm, I see the, the Austin thing as a long term thing.、Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, being employee one you know, means I'm growing with the company, and there's、yeah. a lot of opportunity and a lot of big things you know, coming our way. Yeah. So, you guys get along really well. Yeah, no, I, 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 I consider him like a really close friend and awesome boss.、Mm-hmm. So, I want to help see his company through with the big stuff that it can do.、Um, but also, you know, just to help, you know, grow m- myself as well. Like, and I still don't know because I, I, have a, a, I have my hands in a lot of different things. I don't know, like, what I actually want to end up doing. But at the very least, you know, I know that I want to do stuff, you know, within, within our company, within Overclock Media. Yeah. For the foreseeable future. Is that the production company? That is the over. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the name that he gave it.、Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's cool. Yeah, no.、Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's, you know, so, you know I think I, I definitely see myself, like, in the future hosting videos more. Yeah. I think. Got like, a great voice. I mean, I, I mean, right now I'm sick. So, like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's deeper than normal. People have told me that, but it's like, it's like、We've、roughly great... coarse and. No, you've got a great, like, performing character. I love it. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, I also, like, I think, I think when, like, this year when I, when I started doing it a little more, like, as we were starting to ramp it up a little bit, like, I start, I, I knew how rusty I was because I hadn't done it in a while. But now that I'm doing it repeatedly for IGTV, it, Yeah. It feels like I'm in a groove. I feel like I, I want to start doing、yeah. it more. How's that going, by the way? Is IGTV growing? Is it it's, worth it? It's interesting because we're pulling. I think, we, I think everybody did one or two videos and then it was like, eh. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> so it's, a, it's surprising for us because initially 
it was like whatever yeah but then this we we've only been a year yeah no actually yeah, it's been like pretty much exactly a year yeah because it came out at vidcon yeah, so. yeah um so initially we did like one or two videos one of them i forgot what it was specifically it might have been one of the iphone launches or there was a mm-hmm. product launch of some of some sort did really well for us it got literally like half the views of whatever youtube video we did on it which cool. is like was great. it the same video um Just... no it was it was like it was auxiliary content so it was probably like an unboxing like that was meant to go with like a review or something and do you guys shoot it with the intention of it being vertical yeah so initially i was thinking shoot in 4k and then you know we'll just you know crop in the middle uh in 1080 still be a lot of detail and stuff but i shoot 4k vertically now because wow. when we already we already know it's going to be an igtv anyway that just means i won't have there's it cuts out the guesswork for cropping yeah um but yeah IGTV, so you turn the red on its side no we don't actually shoot with the red on igtv because no one will really tell the difference we shoot yeah. a7r3 okay gotcha um no but igtv does really well for us though um so the one big move that Instagram did for IGTV was they allowed posting to main Instagram feed mm-hmm. so that all of your audience can see the IGTV. Uh, like, I think it's like a minute preview of it. Yeah. Um, on you your main feed. You can click into it. You could click into it. So what that means, what it meant for us is that we're, we started getting a lot of impressions um, just, you know, just from Austin's followers. Mm-hmm. So... Like we saw one video get like two hundred thousand views. Wow! Like like a random Xbox video that wouldn't have done well on our channel, but on IGTV, like two hundred thousand views is great. Yeah. So you know, it's it's the kind of thing of it. We're we're finding that we do particularly well on it. Like some videos obviously do better than others. I would Sometimes say it you're doing really well because I don't see anybody other than you doing it. Yeah, at the I, level that you're doing it at. Yeah, I mean, it's it, the thing is that it's it's low cost. It's easy to make. Um, it's literally just the content that we know won't do well on YouTube, so we might as well just put it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like already a million one plus seven pro videos are are hitting YouTube. Why not just put our unboxing on IGTV? And now I'm, you're the only one on IGTV. Yeah, it's interesting. It's I like I like the formatting of our videos too for IGTV because it's just you know it's quick and, laid back. Yeah, it's laid back. It's like quick and vloggy. I can get it done in a day. Like you don't have to worry about thumbnails too much. Oh or... yeah, no. It, IGTV is fun. Yeah, it's yeah. really fun for what it's worth. <laughs> well, Ken, it was a pleasure talking to you. We could talk for another like three hours. Oh, probably. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm so, I, this is probably a lot of rambling on my part. So I'm sorry no, if it was this not. Is, that's the format of podcast, man. We don't have to. We don't have to fit it in a ten minute window like YouTube. Oh videos, yeah, so. it's perfect. Thanks for coming out, man. You know, thanks Appreciate for having it. me. And we'll bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> Really hope you guys enjoyed my interview with Ken Bolito. If you want to follow him on social media, then go follow him on Twitter at Ken Bolito. That's spelled K-E-N-B-O-L-I-D-O. And you can check him out on Instagram with the exact same handle. Obviously, if you're not subscribed to Austin Evans' YouTube channel, then I strongly urge you guys to check him out at Austin Evans on YouTube. And if you're interested to see some of the Instagram TV stories that Ken does, then head over to Austin Evans' Instagram account and you can see those IGTV stories that Ken does that we were talking about at the end there. I want to thank you guys again for listening through this podcast. It was really a treat to talk to Ken. I really loved hearing some of the behind the scenes of YouTube and hearing how they do thumbnails and just all the crazy stuff that's going on with a channel with over 3 million subscribers. Once again, I'm Dave Mays. This is the Golden Hour Podcast. We'll see you 
next week.